America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal. Just like it sounds, Royal Blue. And I'm here today and every week with another episode of The Royal Treatment. Thank you for joining us. And I thank our sponsors, the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, where I practice here in Las Vegas. You can reach me here and the other providers who work with me here at the THB Clinic by calling 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454. If you have a question and you would like some free medical advice, you can also email me. Send that question to D-Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at Royal Medical Clinic. Dot com. D is in Daniel Royal at Royal Medical Clinic, all one word, dot com. You got it. That's how you can get a hold of me. And if you have a question, we will answer it either on the air or off the air. And so your time will not be wasted and your question will be answered. We'd like to thank all those of you who may be joining us from the First Nation who are listeners with Native Voice One. Thank you for joining us because we are, in fact, under the jurisdiction of the Indian Nation. The Turtle Hidman Clinic is a resolution with the Crow tribe of Indians that has exerted jurisdiction of the practice of traditional medicine. Why have they done this? Well, the federal government said we want nothing to do with that. And so if you want natural medicine or what they call traditional medicine, you'll have to regulate it yourself. And for that reason, another resolution was also created with the Crow Tribe of Indians called the First Nation Medical Board. First Nation Medical Board is another sponsor of ours along with the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. It helps regulate the practice of traditional medicine throughout the entire United States. Why is this necessary? Well, there is not one state in the country that regulates this practice. There is one board in Arizona that regulates the practice of homeopathic medicine, but traditional medicine includes all things other than homeopathic as well, such as alternative medicine, complementary medicine, holistic medicine, integrated medicine, and so forth. It really doesn't compete with state medical boards because they regulate the practice of conventional drugs and surgery. They really want nothing to do with the practice of natural medicine. In fact, they really have no expertise, education, training in that area. So, the First Nation Medical Board helps to fill that gap. If you're a doctor, MD or DO in particular, then you can be dual licensed in, by joining with the First Nation Medical Board. That means you can practice both alternative medicine and conventional medicine. What that means is that you have patients who opt into the jurisdiction of the First Nation Medical Board for your alternative medical practice. And if you're prescribing drugs and surgery, you'll still be under the jurisdiction of your state medical board, but they won't be able to sit in judgment on you for using natural alternatives such as IV, vitamin C, supplements, bioidentical hormones, homeopathics, herbs, etc. That's the good news. The other interesting thing about the First Nation Medical Board is it's the only board in the United States with its own IRB. In fact, I gave a lecture just this last weekend to the American Osteopathic Society of Rheumatologic Diseases. And that lecture was based on the study we did here in our clinic, an 18-month study where we were able to show that using an oral liquid, we could lower nagalase. What is nagalase? It's an enzyme produced by cancer and viruses that basically acts as a smokescreen to paralyze your 
immune system so that it cannot recognize and eliminate virus and cancers. This oral liquid was very effective. The oral liquid, known as Oracel, was over 80% successful in the first month, over 92 or 90% successful after two months. That is a study we conducted here, but the lecture I gave there talked about a second study where we were able to show that by using a combination of a pulsing electromagnetic field and a photon sound beam, we were able to lower the patient's AMAS blood levels. That's anti-malignant serum, anti-malignant antibody in serum test. Sorry, we just simply call it the AMAS for short. It's a cancer antibody test. It helps to show whether or not your body is recognizing cancer and making antibodies against it. If you've had chemotherapy, well, that could be normal because that approach suppresses your immune system. And so there can be false positives and negatives depending upon what treatment that you have undergone. In fact, we had a patient recently who went through chemotherapy and he was diagnosed with lung cancer. His AMS test was normal. But when you stop chemotherapy, after a month or so, and the test was repeated, guess what? The antibodies started to show up. Anyway, it was quite remarkable that simply by using light, sound, and frequency that we can make a change in the biochemistry of these patients. Well, we have lots to talk about today, and one of the things we like to do is to go through our obituaries, people who died too young from diseases that they shouldn't have had. Let's look at what happened here locally, here in Las Vegas and Reno, just this past week. The average age or life expectancy in the United States being about 78.7 years, that's as of 2018. We have a 28-year-old woman, a cosmetologist who passed away, a 51-year-old woman who passed away unexpectedly after sudden death syndrome. 64-year-old man, a long-haul truck driver, passed away after a heartbreaking short illness. 69-year-old man, a plumber, passed away in hospice care at his home, secondary to stroke complications. A 70-year-old man, an attorney, passed away suddenly and unexpectedly at home. That means his heart stopped. 70-year-old man who worked in a convenience store chain passed away from cancer. 72-year-old man, a member of the Carpenters Union, passed away due to complications from pneumonia. 75-year-old man died from cardiac arrest complications related to diabetes caused by Agent Orange. 76-year-old woman, a beautician, passed away after a long illness. And finally, a 76-year-old woman who worked in the casino industry passed away from cancer. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back. Stay with us. Rich Please, is just a really, oh, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. 
When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is Oliver X. Join me in the superstar at Jenez Carter weekday mornings from 8 to 9 on the Reno Todd Tonight Show on America Matters Media. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now back to the show. We are back and I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You are listening to The Royal Treatment. Before the break, we were talking about obituaries, people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Now, that was locally here in Las Vegas and in Reno, Nevada, the two major cities in our state. I happen to live in Las Vegas. If you are trying to locate us at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, that's where I practice. And there are other providers here who are licensed with the First Nation Medical Board practicing traditional medicine using alternatives. In other words, the type of patients that we see are those who don't want to take drugs or they want to get off drugs. They know that in order to be optimally well and healthy, they have to take matters into their own hands. Why? Well, because insurance won't pay for that. It pays for disease management and sick care. I recently had a patient who had elevated levels of heavy metals. We're talking about mercury, lead, cadmium, and so forth. This was documented by a urine test following a challenge using a chelating agent. Actually, a couple of chelating agents. In this case, we used one IV, but we also used one orally. And we did both a urine test and a stool test and found that she had elevated levels being excreted from her body. The protocol that we use in our office is to do a series of 10 treatments and then to retest. However, the insurance company refused to pay for the patient's health care because it was not sick care or sick disease management. For this reason, you'll find that alternative practitioners across the country do not accept insurance. Now, we can use it for lab, don't get me wrong, and that is by far the more expensive cost of your visit, but most of them simply do not deal with insurance because It is set up for sick care management. And you, my friends, want health optimization, and that's what we're here to provide. Well, we're going to continue on with the discussion of obituaries. Now we're going to look at international celebrity notables. These are people who passed away around the world just this last week, too young, from diseases they shouldn't have had. We have Siamon Rahman, Iranian powerlifter and Paralympic champion in 2012 and 16, died at 31 years of age from a heart attack. Ulam Bayarin Bayam Bajav, Mongolian sumo wrestler. He was world champion in 2006 and 7, died at 35 years of age after a protracted illness. I always find it interesting when the death is a secret. Usually means they had cancer. You'll see what I mean. Adam Mayer, Australian rugby league player, died at 47 years of age from a motor neuron disease. The most common, of course, is Lou Gehrig's disease. We have another one coming up. Arat Karamov, Russian soccer player, died at 48 years of age. Now we're talking about professional athletes. No cause of death was given here. Stefan Lindqvist, Swedish soccer player for the national team, died at 52 years of age from amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is the medical name for Lou Gehrig syndrome. Mohammed Dostok, Iranian military officer and politician, died at 56 years of age from influenza or the treatment of the flu. The previous person who had Lou Gehrig's disease, that is a type of motor neuron disease. And 
So it will go by the name of motor neuron disease, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or Gary's disease. We have KP Sammy, Indian politician who died at 57 years of age from a kidney disease. We have Francois Tejan, French auctioneer, died at 57 years of age from food poisoning. Don't say what the food was. That would be interesting. S. Kathavarayan, Indian politician, died at 58 years of age after a brief illness. Remember, cancer can be brief. And it can be long. Pavel Krolikovsky, Polish actor, died at 58 years of age from a neurological illness. Andrei Federnikov, Russian racing cyclist and world champion back in 1981, died at 60 years of age, another professional athlete. David Roback, American guitarist and songwriter, died at 61 years of age, no cause of death given. Lionel French, or Lionel D, sorry. He's a French radio host and rapper. He died at 61 years of age from a cardiac arrest. Nesby Glasgow, American NFL football player, died at 62 years of age from stomach cancer that spread to his liver. Medicine couldn't save him. Janusz Sisek, Polish historian and academician, died at 65 years of age from leukemia. That's a blood type cancer. Pa Kasumu. Nigerian actor died at 66 years of age after battling an ailment for years. Simon War, British BBC broadcaster and actor, died at 66 years of age from pancreatic and liver cancer. Of course, those two organs are right next to each other. J.B. Carbonell, Uruguayan-born American computer scientist, died at 66 years of age from an extended illness. That's the long version of cancer. Mike Somerville, American rock guitarist and songwriter, died at 66. Eight years of age after an illness. I guess we can't say cancer. That's a secret word. Is Gondar Hamadov, Azerbaijani Minister of Internal Affairs, died at 71 years of age after fainting and requiring hospitalization. Emmanuel Debar, French sculptor, died at 71 years of age suddenly. Sudden death syndrome again. Mohammed Mirmahamadi. Iranian member of Expediency Discernment Council, died at 71 years of age from the coronavirus. Butch Gatro, American who served in both the Louisiana State House and Senate, died at 72 years of age. Vaidyanath Mato, Indian politician, died at 72 years of age after a prolonged illness and being on a ventilator for a week. That doesn't sound like fun. Istvan Balse, Hungarian Minister of Justice, died at 72 years of age after an incurable illness known as cancer. Valdir Espinosa, Brazilian soccer team manager, died at 72 years of age from intestinal complications after surgery. We call that iatrogenic disease. Marc Pietri, French real estate executive, died at 73 years of age from a heart attack. Clementina Velez, Colombian doctor, academician, and city councilor of Cali, died at 73 years of age from a heart attack. Corky Rogers, American football coach, died at 76 years of age after battling health problems. Ule, German artist, died at 76 years of age from lymphatic cancer. Bruce George, British politician, died at 77 years of age from complications due to Alzheimer's disease. That's actually the number one cause of death, they say, over in the United Kingdom. And finally, David Smith, Canadian politician, died at 78 years of age from cardiac complications, meaning he had a heart attack and died. Now, we do have some honorable mentions this last week. We have Chietsu Watanabe. He's a Japanese super centurion and supposedly the world's oldest living man since 2019. He died at 112 years of age. However, there's also Sudhakar Chaturvedi. This is an Indian Vedic scholar and longevity claimant. He recently passed away and claimed to be 122 years of age. Now you know why they got our honorable mention this week. Well, there's some things we want to talk about on our show. Of course, we want to finish our discussion where we left off last week, where we talked about CoQ10. And we want to talk about the difference between ubiquinol and ubiquinone. So we will get into that a little later. But first, let's take a look at what's in the news. Did you know that 40% of American adults are obese. Well, this is what a government survey 
found. About 4 in 10 American adults are now obese, and nearly 1 in 10 is severely so. This is what the government researchers said. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention findings come from a 2017 to 18 health survey that measures height and weight. More than 5,000 U.S. adults took part in this survey. Survey found that the obesity rate was 42%, higher than the 40% found in a similar 2015 to 16 study. Their severe obesity rate was more than 9% in the new survey, up from 8% figure in the previous one. You can see the numbers are trending upward, not downwards. Those increases are considered statistically significant, but the survey numbers are small enough that there's a mathematical chance the rates didn't truly rise. Sure, they didn't. But it's clear that adult obesity rates are trending up. According to the CDC, a half century ago, about 1 in 100 American adults were severely obese. Now it's 10 times more common than that. The obesity rate has risen about 40% in the last two decades. The findings suggest that more Americans will get diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. This is according to Dr. William Dietz, a George Washington University obesity expert. It will be increasingly difficult for doctors to care for so many severely obese people, Dr. Dietz said. He has estimated that on the average, every primary care doctor training adults has about 100 severely obese patients. Now, how is a provider going to do that? Severe obesity really requires some very intensive therapy, Dr. Dietz said. The CDC did not report new obesity numbers for kids and teens. That may come out later this year. In 2015 to 16, 18.5% of kids, or about one in five kids and teens, were obese, and just under 6% were severely obese. Dr. Deeds faulted the government for not pushing for more measures to promote physical activity and better eating. Building more sidewalks and passing a national tax on sugary beverages could make a big difference, he said. Just what we need, more taxes. Obesity, which means not merely overweight, but seriously overweight, is considered one of the nation's leading public health concerns. It is measured by the Body Mass Index, or BMI, a figure calculated from person's weight and height. A BMI of 25 or greater is considered overweight. A BMI of 30 or above is obese, and a BMI of 40 or above is severely obese. A person who is 5'4", the average height for U.S. women, is considered obese at a weight of 174 pounds and severely obese above 232 pounds. A person who is 5'9", above the average height for men, is deemed obese at 203 pounds and severely obese at 270 pounds. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take another break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped. Childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. 
Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally just shorter. As in I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter better way to say jealous. As in Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're um rad just the same. To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the US Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus Broadcast Station, the power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and thank you, my friend, for joining us for the second half of the royal treatment. And we have, as usual, much to talk about. Why do we have so much to talk about? Well, there's always something in the news. Always studies are being done, and... Information being shared and released, which is a good thing. And, of course, we like to talk about some of the things we're doing here and helping the patients achieve success along their journey to optimal health and wellness. Sometimes we share some of those cases with you. One of the things you should know about is we are in the process of obtaining the first cell vital chair. First cell vital chair in the United States. It's being used over in Europe, and, in fact, they have at least 20 in Dubai, but hospitals are finding out about them and starting to order them. Now, you'll start to see them being used in hospitals in the United States after the FDA approves them. This will take another six to eight months once the paperwork has been submitted. But what's so unique about the Cell Vital Chair? Well, you can actually look it up on the internet. It's called CV Pulse or Cell Vital Pulse, and there are some studies uh, listed there. But the University of Rome recently found that using this particular chair, now a series of treatments, we're talking 20 treatments, each treatment session is about 20 minutes, and all you do is sit there with your clothes on. Very simple, very safe, totally non-invasive, but guess what? It was found to be 99% curative of bladder incontinence. Now, of course, it helps other conditions as well. It helps with sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction, anything in the pelvic floor, pain, sleep, depression, etc., because your whole body is being treated. It uses a higher frequency compared to the home unit, which we use in our clinic and provide to our patients, that uses the lower frequencies. But even that has been found to be quite beneficial for patients. In fact, I had a patient in my office today, very interesting case. He has an enlarged prostate. It is not cancer, but the prostate is as large as anyone has ever seen. And did you know that one of the things that has been shown to lower, reduce the size of the prostate is a pulsing electromagnetic field? This was done back in 2014 with animals. They did it on dogs, and then they tested it again later on humans in 2017, and it was found to be actually quite successful, over 60% successful in reducing the size of the prostate, which is twice what placebo would be. Anyway, we hope to have more to report to you about this, but that is coming. We are in the process of obtaining it. It will take a couple of weeks, and we expect to see some great things with it and use it in a study, as we have done with some of the previous equipment and supplements we've had in our office. Well, you might like to know a little bit about what's new on the horizons with drugs. There is a company that has now put an over-the-counter form of metformin on the shelves. It is called RealMet ER, or extended release. It is a once-daily dose, the first and only FDA-approved liquid formulation of extended release metformin. Now, the label for RealMet ER carries a box warning about the risk of lactic acidosis with excessive alcohol intake. As alcohol increases the effect 
of this drug on lactate metabolism. The label also includes a warning about the risk of vitamin B12 deficiency, as well as a warning about the risk of hypoglycemia, you know that is low blood sugar, with concomitant use of insulin and insulin secretagogues. In placebo-controlled clinical trials of REAMET, the most common adverse reactions occurring in greater than 5% of participants were diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, flatulence, asthenia, or essentially loss of pleasure in life, indigestion, abdominal discomfort, and headache. Those are some of the side effects that are associated with Riomet ER because some of the side effects we do not know about until after a product is introduced into the market. I'm sure there's more to come, but post-marketing cases of metformin-associated lactic acidosis have resulted in death, hypothermia, hypotension, and resistant bradyarrhythmias. That's slow heart rates. The onset of metformin-associated lactic acidosis is often subtle, accompanied by nonspecific symptoms such as malaise or tiredness, myalgias, muscle aches, respiratory distress, somnolence, sleepiness, and abdominal pain. Now, risk factors for metformin-associated lactic acidosis include renal impairment, certain drugs, one of which is topiramate, which is a seizure drug that is often used to help with weight loss. Age 65 years or greater, having a radiological study with contrast, surgery, and other procedures, hypoxic states, such as acute congestive heart failure, excessive alcohol intake, and hepatic impairment. Did you get all that? These are some things you need to know if you're going to be taking this over-the-counter liquid form of metformin. Good luck. Well, there's another drug that you need to know about, and it's also over-the-counter. Did you know that acid suppressants, these are things that people take to reduce the acid in their stomach, have been tied to a higher risk for multidrug-resistant bugs in your intestinal tract. Acid suppression, especially with proton pump inhibitors, we call them PPIs, was associated with increased odds of colonization by multidrug-resistant organisms. We call those MDROs for short. Now, this is according to a review of meta-analysis of 26 observational studies. A primary meta-analysis of 21 studies with a total of 22,305 patients found acid suppressants increase the odds of intestinal carriage of MDROs. That's those multidrug-resistant organisms we talked about, such as enterobacterials and vancomycin-resistant enterococci by approximately 75%. It increased the odds of multidrug-resistant organisms by 75%. These odds were in line with a secondary pooled analysis of 26 studies. Another meta-analysis, the findings suggested that reducing the use of acid suppressants might help reduce gastrointestinal infections, antibiotic use, and even drug resistance, according to the researchers, that is. In view of the global increase in antimicrobial resistance, stewardship to reduce unnecessary use of acid suppressants may help to prevent these multi-drug-resistant organisms' colonization. The analysis, perspective, and retrospective studies, case control, cross-sectional, and cohort, involved 29,382 patients. Now, of these, 11,439, or approximately 40%, used acid-suppressing agents, including PPIs, histamine 2 receptor antagonists, and antacids. As expected, the MDRO association was greater with PPIs than histamine receptor antagonists, but only four studies examined the histamine receptor antagonist, and more are needed to define a difference, the researchers said. Of course, they always want to do more studies. That's how they get paid. Only two studies reported on dose or duration of therapy, and these found an association for duration with increased risk of vancomycin-resistant colonization. Remember, vancomycin is a type of antibiotic, actually a very strong antibiotic, and can be given intravenously. The authors noted that by inhibiting acid secretion of your stomach, these agents change the composition of the intestinal microbiome. Yet stomach acid and a healthy intestinal microbiome protected the GI tract against colonization by exogenous or 
bacteria for into the body. Evidence from epidemiological studies on whether these widely available agents facilitate MDRO colonization has been conflicting, with some reports an increased risk and others finding no association. A 2019 French study, however, found that prolonged PPI use, those are those proton pump inhibitors again, raises the risk of viral gastroenteritis, not just bacterial, when the suppressant infection correlation is biologically plausible, or while it is so, the authors cautioned that these observational studies do not prove causation, but do report recent findings of increased risk of Clostridium difficile colitis. Clostridium is associated with gangrene, bacterial gastroenteritis, and even renal disease with acid suppressants. So we need to be careful how we use those. Now, these are drugs that have side effects. We just talked about side effects of such drugs. Realmet ER, the over-the-counter liquid metformin that has recently been approved by the FDA. But guess what? If you take natural substances, you don't have these problems. They, they don't have side effects. So one of the things that I recommend my patients and that I do myself wherever I travel in the world is I take certain things with me. You never know what's going to happen when you change your diet traveling abroad. And so there are a couple of things I like to have on hand. One is a very simple over-the-counter product made by Highlands. It's a homeopathic called Upset Stomach. It's a combination of two homeopathics, Nux Vomica and CarboVeg. Nux Vomica is homeopathic strychnine. CarboVeg is homeopathic charcoal. But these two things combined have been found to be quite effective homeopathically for treating upset stomach, reflux, indigestion, heartburn, bloating, gas, etc. All you have to do is put them on your tongue. They dissolve instantly. You can take them every five minutes until you feel better. And guess what? They dissolve so quickly. You can even use them in infants. The other thing I like to use is Nema Base. Nema Base is a type of trisalt that is in a tablet form. It's produced over in Germany. When we say trisalts, we're talking about a bicarbonate that's combined with minerals. Now, this is not over-the-counter sodium bicarbonate that has been known to have aluminum, I shouldn't say toxicity, but have aluminum in it. These contain magnesium, potassium, and calcium in addition to sodium. And when you take it, what it does is it causes the stomach to recycle, to reset itself. The valves close, and over a period of 30 minutes, everything digests and moves along again. And you can repeat it if necessary. It works like magic. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take another short break, my friends, but we'll come back and continue our discussion. Stay with us. The Butcher's Kitchen Charbecue invites your family in for the best wood fire, slow cooked barbecue rotisserie, and open char pit food around these parts. Charbecue on the corner of Virginia and Huffaker presents sliced Santa Maria tri tip, beef brisket, and ribeye. Charbecue caters your special events with the best tri tip, pulled pork, and rotisserie chicken around Reno. Charbecue, the Butcher's Kitchen, 7689 South Virginia at Huffaker, Winner's Crossing. Get in and get real. Charbecue, Reno. Ready for a live game of Clue? For nearly 30 years, Fun Time Theater has held private and monthly dinner murder mysteries. Each night is different, and each event includes dinner and a show. You're the detective, and your job is to figure out who did what to who and why. At the end of the night, a super sleuth and not-so-super sleuth are awarded prizes. This is a great event for a birthday or holiday party and team-building events for your office. Visit FunTimeTheater.com to make your reservations and use promo code RADIO for $5 off each admission. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you 
can prevent wildfires. One in three adults in America have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back to the show. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are still listening to the Royal Treatment. Thank you for sticking with us. We're now in the fourth quarter of our show, and of course, we still have much to talk about. One of the things I wanted to bring to your attention is that there's a very interesting video which you can access online at YouTube. The title of this video is Do-It-Yourself Coronavirus Antiviral Face Mask Survive the Pandemic Part 1. Now, you may not know this, but the healthcare workers over in China, when they were first combating the coronavirus, they were using hazmat suits. And guess what? They all got infected. The hazmat suits did not save them, and the mask will not save you either. But you can do something to significantly increase your chances of being affected by the coronavirus or any other virus for that matter. Of course, I always advise my patients that the simple solutions are the best. If you're concerned about this type of infection, simply take your homeopathic flu medicine weekly. And then if you get the infection, you take it every hour to two hours until you feel better. And worst case scenario, if you're in bed for two or three weeks, as some of my patients have been with the flu, and remember, we have many strains of the flu floating around, six different here in Clark County, but the treatment is the same. We use homeopathic flu, and guess what? It gets rid of all of them. But we can also use an isolate injection. The key to an isolate injection is we use a dilute hydrochloric acid. We use an IV push, and we mix some with the blood to inject it into the hip of the patient, and that way the patient gets an immediate and a delayed response. But Dilute hydrochloric acid has been used for decades in this country to kill infection. So we can use a more aggressive treatment that has been found extremely effective for acute colds and flus. And you can do some prevention with homeopathic medicine and or make your own antiviral mask. Check out the video, do-it-yourself coronavirus antiviral face mask. Now all you need are some ingredients that are around your home. You may already have all these things. In fact, I had a couple. I didn't have everything, but you may have distilled water. You may have vinegar, 5% acetic acid. And the other two ingredients you need are copper sulfate and zinc sulfate. These are readily available. You can find them in the garden supply center of your local home center, Home Depot, for example. Or you can order them online. That's what I did. I ordered some just to make sure I have enough in case I ever need to make my own mask antiviral. Essentially, here's how it works. You follow the instructions in the video, and by using a mask or a piece of clothing through a process of impregnating it with the solutions, you create an outer acid environment that is hostile to the virus. Now, should the virus get beyond the outer component of your facial mask, you have the copper sulfate and the zinc sulfate solutions that kill the virus. They're antifungal, antibacterial, even antiviral. You can do it. You can be better protected. And it's all available with ingredients you probably have in your home. Check it out. Well, let's talk for a minute about stroke. Did you know that there is a way to prevent stroke that is better than all others? In fact, I heard a lecture this last weekend given by a neurologist, and I'm now going to share this information with you. What is the number one thing you can do to prevent stroke? 
You might say, take aspirin. Well, that's actually one of the worst things you can do because if you have a stroke, aspirin will make it worse. But people don't seem to understand that. No, that is not the answer. The answer is exercise. Exercise is the number one best preventive against stroke. So stay active, my friends. But there is another means by which you can help lower your risk of stroke. And that is your diet. Here we go. Members of the Chu Chi Buddhist communities in Taiwan who ate vegetarian diets showed markedly lower stroke risk than non-vegetarian members, the researchers found. In one cohort, vegetarians had lower ischemic stroke risk. In a second, they showed a lower risk of both ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. Now, ischemic means lack of blood supply. The second means bleeding type of stroke from excessive blood. In a subgroup analysis, vitamin B12 intake appeared to modify the association between vegetarian diet and overall all stroke. Now, this study was reported in the Journal of Neurology. Most participants refrained from alcohol and tobacco, eliminating one source of possible confounding, although 15 to 20% had used one or both prior to joining the, the Chu Chi sect. Overall, our study found that a vegetarian diet was beneficial and reduced the risk of ischemic stroke, even after adjusting for known risk factors such as blood pressure, blood glucose levels, and fats in the blood. One of the researchers stated, this could mean that perhaps there is some other protective mechanism that may be protecting those who eat a vegetarian diet from stroke. Research about diet and stroke risk has produced mixed results among women. A Mediterranean diet has also been tied to reduced stroke risk. And a meta-analysis, meaning a review of many studies, has tied meatless diets to lower blood pressure. One of the things you may not know about a vegetarian diet is you can actually get a higher level of protein from that food, whereas you might get 45% protein from things such as spinach, kale, etc. You're only going to get maximum from the leanest meat, about 25% protein. It's just the opposite of what you might think. Vegetarian diets might offer even more beneficial, but for B12 deficiency, which increases the risk of stroke by raising plasma total homocysteine. Homocysteine is a cardiovascular risk factor, something we can measure in the blood, but based on diagnostic markers, B12 deficiency is common among vegetarians. That's because they're not eating meat, but they can supplement, of course. The prevalence is high among lacto-ovo vegetarians, 45% or more in adults and infants, and higher in vegans who eat no dairy and no cheese. In their study, the researchers followed 5,050 people in the Chu Chi Health Study and 8,302 people in the Chu Chi Vegetarian Study to identify stroke events in Taiwan's National Health Insurance Research Database. Most study participants were Chu Chi volunteers, Buddhists who committed to community service and who completed at least two years of training in Chu Chi core values and stopped smoking and drinking alcohol to become certified volunteers. First cohort was recruited from 2007 to 9, and the second cohort was recruited in 2005. Mean follow-up time was six years for cohort number one and nine years for cohort number two. The findings contrast with the recent Oxford study, which found a higher stroke risk for vegetarians, driven largely by a higher rate of hemorrhagic stroke. The researchers noted that in that study, nearly 80% of vegetarians drank varying degrees of alcohol, but most participants in the Chuchi studies avoided alcohol. About 6% of non-vegetarians and fewer than 1% of vegetarians were current drinkers at baseline in the Chuchi studies. And they pointed out that Asian Buddhists also avoid garlic and other allium vegetables for what it's worth. So what can you do to lower your risk of stroke? Well, you can eat less meat in your diet. That's for sure. We as Americans think we have to have meat for every single diet or every single meal. That's certainly not true. And you can exercise more and you can lower your consumption of alcohol. Well, as promised, we want to talk a little bit about the difference between ubiquinone and ubiquinol. This is a CoQ10 product. In May 2019, Dr. Richard Passwater commented as follows, ubiquinone seems to have been the choice of nearly every scientist in clinical trial ever run. I'm still laughing at the ad years ago saying that ubiquinone was obsolete now that ubiquinol was available. Scientists don't seem too impressed with ubiquinol. The most impressive long-term studies showing CoQ10 to help cardiovascular health were done with ubiquinone. These studies included elderly patients, disproving another lie that ubiquinone doesn't work for people older than 40. At a 2015 Coenzyme Q10 conference in Bologna, Italy, it was noted by a CoQ10 researcher, Dr. William Judy, that 
Lab studies showed ubiquinol is unstable. It is made white but turns to yellow often in the soft gel capsules or after it is ingested. The fact was no more than 10 years ago. The relationship between ubiquinone and ubiquinol is a complex biochemical process. It is not easily reduced to simplistic marketing messages. In February 2019, Dr. Passwater asked Dr. Judy, isn't the ubiquinol form unstable and difficult to work with? Dr. Judy replied, yes. Ubiquinol is very unstable, very difficult to work with in the supplement form. We have found that the ubiquinol molecule is very unstable in air, water, and gastric juice. That's your stomach. As I said, it is oxidized to ubiquinone in the gastric juice before it is absorbed. Ubiquinol converts to ubiquinone in gastric acid or your stomach. It is reconverted to ubiquinol in the lymph before entering the systemic blood. We have done lab studies that show us that the ubiquinol in many ubiquinol supplements has already oxidized to the ubiquinone form of CoQ10 inside the capsules. We have found that most ubiquinol products sold in the USA have 20 to 50% of its ubiquinol oxidized to ubiquinone within the soft gel capsule. So, ubiquinol, which is very unstable to start with, converts to ubiquinone in the gastric juice of the stomach. How in the world does it make any sense to purchase a more expensive, unstable ubiquinol supplement that is going to convert back to ubiquinol in the body or in the capsule itself before being consumed anyway? And who knows how much ubiquinone is left after this conversion? What happens to ubiquinone in the body? Well, Dr. Judy explains ubiquinone and ubiquinol become redox paired, are readily converted from one form to the other in the body. For example, when exogenous ubiquinone is absorbed in the intestines, it is converted to ubiquinol in the absorption cells, the lymph or the blood. Since CoQ10 is not used to produce energy in the lymph system or blood, it is understandable why this conversion takes place to fulfill the need for antioxidant protection of the circulation. On the other hand, in the inner membrane of the mitochondria where energy is made, the oxidized form of coenzyme Q10 or ubiquinone is in great demand. Here, the reduced ubiquinol form is rapidly converted or rapidly, I'm sorry, to the oxidized ubiquinone form. In the mitochondria, this conversion creates a CoQ10 cycle. CoQ10 can be interconverted from the reduced to the oxidized form and vice versa in the body within nanoseconds as needed. That is, the body converts ubiquinone to ubiquinol to meet the body's needs as antioxidant in the blood or lymph system or stays ubiquinone to provide cellular energy. Bottom line, both ubiquinone and ubiquinol have vital biological roles in the body, physiological roles, that is. Ubiquinone does become ubiquinol in the body. Ubiquinone does increase ubiquinol levels in the body. And ubiquinone is the CoQ10 used in virtually all published studies showing it works for people of all ages. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment. And my friends, I hope you've learned one new thing today. And if so, your time has been well spent. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Royal Treatment. But until then, may you all be well.